Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Luke and Dave. We are back with the newest installment of our Binge With Us series. Today, we'll be covering episodes five and six of Netflix's The Haunting of Bly Manor. Five and six were still really, really good, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still hooked. Absolutely. Five was a little confusing at first until like the last 10, 15 minutes as Luke was talk- talking about earlier on before the podcast. So I was a little like mind blown a little bit towards five but six was great I've, i could follow easily during six i am so excited to watch episode seven as soon as we're done recording this podcast yeah. mm-hmm. because five was classic mid-season twist and it it was a little bit more predictable than haunting of hill house but it was still had me on the edge of my seat the entire time it was so good i loved all the answers we did a good job of covering parts of it in the earlier podcast episodes but some of it still blew my mind and six man six was in its own way incredible i loved all the character growth of henry wingrave on screen I, growth isn't the right word just seeing more, him a lot we didn't get to see him at all him he was more fucking awesome is. holy shit i loved young hugh from the first season <laughs> so let's get right into it because i want to talk about all of this So we start off with a hot mama voiceover. The housekeeper knew more than most that deep experience was never peaceful. And because she knew this ever since she'd first called Bly home, she would always find her way back to peace within her daily routine. And it had always worked. Always. And we pick up right with Mrs. Gross being distant as she's been shown to be the first couple episodes at the bonfire, which was the end of last episode. And this episode is a little weird. It's going to be fun for us to cover, but it's also going to sound kind of confusing because we're going to be going back and forth to all these different scenes over and over again. So we'll, we'll try not to be too repetitive, but I was happy that we're going to get the gross episode. We knew this was coming because we needed to know what her deal was with the, all the cracks she was seeing in the wall, why she was yeah. always distant, what the deal was with her food. And nice job, B-Toms. Almost, <laughs> yeah. almost there. It was a good observation, but we didn't get to the right conclusion. We're never going to shame anybody for a theory that doesn't pay off here. We just put on the tinfoil hats and we just speculate wildly. And that was me swinging a miss on the Mrs. Gross trying to feed something. But though I digress. So this is actually a recurring scene that we'll keep coming back to is Hannah and Owen sharing wine by the bonfire. I think this and the interview with Owen are kind of her anchor memories, if you will. And we, it's, keep, it's, we keep returning to these. It's really important because the dialogue in the beginning is the end of their conversation or it's it's actually unseen the unseen part of their conversation which ends with danny and jamie walking up to the bonfire mm-hmm. and this is their talk about going to paris and leaving bly manor and starting a new you know fun exciting life while they can and we're going to find out by the end that the reason that this is important to us and we didn't see this full conversation is because mrs gross is going to realize that she cannot leave bly manor yeah she physically is stuck there. yeah it was funny <laughs> owen's exact words I think Mrs. Gross asks, what could someone like me do in Paris? He says, eat croissant, eat croissant. <laughs> oh my goodness, eat croissants, drink good wine and live, Hannah, live. And it's ironic because she can't eat. She's a ghost. She can't drink wine because she's a ghost. She's declined alcohol before and she can't live. She's a ghost. So he just lists three things that she inherently cannot do in Paris. And she herself doesn't realize it yet which is going to be the point of all these time loops, forcing it. And they, the show did a good job of putting this in our face. That's why I think we picked up on a lot of the early scenes that we were supposed to get clues yeah. from. But I don't know. I, I did not see this coming. Uh, we were shipping these two, Owen and uh, Mrs. Gross, as Groen 
in the last oh, podcast. Wow. But obviously this uh, kind of cancels that notion because one of them is dead. The other is still kind of a mystery, honestly. Like, we'll I, get into it a little bit, I guess. Before this episode, I did not think that their relationship was anything past brother-sister. And it got... I just... It came out of left field for me. I did not see them going the romantic route, but that's what it was supposed to be, right? Those were the vibes? Yeah, and, I think so, yeah. And plus, I think in earlier episodes, she there were notions of her saying, like, oh, I'm like too old, basically, like for Owen. So there was like a clear age difference between them. Yeah, and they also say in the earlier episodes that Owen can get any girl he wants in all of Bly County. And he chooses but... Mrs. Gross. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. She's awesome anyway. Yeah, she is awesome. We had that scene and it was either three or four where he... Mrs. Gross is like sleeping on his shoulder and that was kind of a thing. And Jamie says, wouldn't you fancy that to be you instead of Miss Gross to Danny? So let's go into the first flashback we get post the bonfire talk. And this is where Owen meets Hannah for the first time in Bly Manor. And this is the interview we're going to see, I think, four times. Yeah, it's at least. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah We I keep coming back times. to this one. We see her and she's acting distant as she's known to do. And forgets what charlotte wingrave asked her to do and just for podcast references charlotte and dominic are the parents yes uh, quote-unquote parents of miles and flora so what happens is this this takes place i think one year before the parents died and we get that information because they say the age of miles and flora are are i I thought seven and five yeah yeah i wrote it down but i think it's five and they're two years apart right five and seven seven, yeah and yeah, yeah. So I think this is a, a roughly a year before the accident. Mm-hmm. And Owen tells Hannah about the state of his mother during the interview. And they're just kind of going back and forth. She's trying to get a feel for who Owen is. Just because so she, she wants to know what, mm-hmm. why he wants to come to Bly. Like he was in France for all this time. He's hyping it up and now he's back in Bly. But yeah, it's the, he, because of his mom. He immediately says, I just want to be close to home. And then she prods more and he's starts revealing that his mom has dementia says she just couldn't recognize yesterday, me thought mistook me thought for gra- my grandfather so yeah that's that's why owen is here and he's telling this to hannah basically the conversation ends with owen talking about uh this famous quote from what was his name thomas, thomas merton just about like transcendence and how we only use you know parts of our front brain and if you can maybe activate the back brain it could maybe be a cure for dementia he so related poetic. it to his mom with dementia it was a really good quote how, how i just didn't write it down losing the ability of the front of her brain and while she was losing that he said it's it's revealing more of the stuff underneath and maybe that's this transcendence that that thomas merton was talking about it was kind of a cool quote definitely Owen's so smooth yeah. yeah love Owen. and then someone in the background just calls out mrs gross and that transitions us to the next flashback as she walks through the door to you know answer the call I think it transitions us. So into... it's her and the quote unquote old wing, but now it just looks like the wing because she she's being informed that the Wingraves are here. And we learn that it is the parents, Dominic and Charlotte, Peter and Henry are arriving in two cars to Bly Manor. And this is the first time we see Charlotte and Dominic, yes? Yes. Yeah. And this is another quick scene where she comes to after realizing that they arrived mm-hmm. and she wakes, I guess, wakes up later that night. And she, right. It's literally as she walks back into Bly Manor from greeting the parents out of their cars, taking their luggage, she opens the doors and the foyer is completely dark. It was just the middle of the day and now it's nighttime. 
excuse me, she turns around and walks back outside and she just starts like wailing. She has a mental breakdown. That was really freaky. I did not get that at all. But <laughs> of neither. course, we, we get some answers right away where Charlotte comes up behind her asking her if she's OK. And this is where she divulges the information about her husband husband it's her husband yeah yeah and we were we've been wondering about this because i think she's mentioned that a couple times already and what she says to charlotte is that her husband sam he's not dead but he ran away with another girl and Mm -hmm. you know just completely left hannah out to drive what's her the mom's name again charlotte charlotte like offers her a place at Bly Manor. You can like, stay, you can stay here. It was kind of creepy how she said forever too. Forever, <laughs> if you'd like. Yeah, that it, was like really. It weird. was creepy. There was a little bit bit of an implication there, mm-hmm. but that's really all for that scene. And then we get a flash to Miles, Jamie, and Mrs. Gross. And Mrs. Gross seems like an afterthought in this scene, but it's Jamie up on a ladder doing some work on the greenhouse roof, something like that. And Miles runs up and starts jiggling around the ladder underneath her. She gets down and gets super pissed at Miles and says, I will fucking end you, you little shite. (laughs) So he's clearly Peter in this scene. Yeah, this is obviously Peter at this point. I love Jamie. I love her so much. I think she she might be my favorite character right now in all of Bly through the first six episodes. So I'm still Owen. I like Owen a lot too. I was Owen until these last two episodes. (laughs) I gotta be honest, my favorite character is probably Flora. She's great really? too. She's yeah. fantastic. I mean, after episode six, I can I can see why. Real quick, there was a, a bonfire rehashing oh, okay, the bonfire. Okay, yes, yeah, okay. yeah. sorry, my bad. I did miss. Well, that we don't. Even, there's nothing really to talk about. I don't think so, in that bonfire scene. Did you guys pick up in this one specifically? She like snaps her neck when she changes from one scene yeah. to the next. After uh, I did notice the that. Jamie and Miles scene, she has the migraine and there's like a crack sound. No, but that's and I amazing. Think that's signifying her like dying in the well. One hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't even notice that. But yeah, the bonfire scene's really nothing, honestly. It's, it's, it's just another Owen says something about moments. And she finishes the sentence for him and like as if she's been in this. It's kind of cool because Owen says something like moments are meant to be a little bit like chapters. And she starts to kind of question chapters. No, that's and not. And she a looks good at the wine bottle it. and then that changes. And then it changes to, to the her vacuuming in the hallway. And yeah. then yeah. Let's just keep this going. So Mrs. Gross is now vacuuming in the hallway of the manor, and she observes Becca and Peter kind of reconciling over that Owen batter incident and I haven't listened to three four yet but hopefully you completely shit on Peter for blowing that batter yeah, incident I mean, out we, of proportion that we completely yeah we're just like fuck this guy he's obviously yeah. a creep at this dude point I time. was all in for his character until that scene mm-hmm. like he was good for Rebecca yeah. slightly I mean we knew he wasn't a good person because Mrs. Gross has been saying he's such a horrible human being yeah. this whole time yeah. anyway she is kind of being a peeping Tom through the crack in the door for this scene and observing them burying the hatchet over this and getting over it and hugging each other. And then Peter sees Mrs. Gross, quote unquote, spying on them. And he follows her out. She goes back to her vacuuming and Peter follows her out and says, honestly, Hannah, you should give the vacuum a rest. Just live a little. He walks away, and for the first time this episode, she sees the crack yeah. in the wall, and she goes over to investigate the crack, and she comes to in the covered-up old wing to find Peter. Yep, and Peter is digging through what appears to be um, Charlotte's dresser right next to her bedside, mm-hmm. and he seems to grab a necklace or something of some sort, and Hannah starts to interrogate him, basically. All right, like, what are you doing with that? I know what you're up to here. You're just taking things that don't belong to you, all that kind of stuff, and 
Peter's just more and more of his evil side were getting shown. This conversation that Peter and Hannah have really shows the core of Peter Quint's character. He's, He's very aware that the English classism is a huge thing in their society. And he keeps talking to Hannah saying that we're the same. We're the help. We're never going to be viewed as anything else but that. We're we're lower people to these rich Wingraves. And he warns her to stop thinking of the kids as her family. You know, naturally, now that the parents are out of the way, she might fall into that role. But he advises her to not get too close to them. And he also threatens her with his leverage with mr with henry wingrave saying i can have you thrown out here and fired at any time and she's like no i would i'll be here long when you and you're long gone basically so yeah she's she's standing her ground i like how she stands around like we saw it against the cop too and uh the last what was it four or whatever when Mm -hmm. she you know talks back to him and now she's standing her ground against peter she doesn't give a fuck man i like mrs gross the first podcast episode i did a lot of name calling towards hannah calling her sketchy constantly she was sketchy i was not wrong about that she was sketchy she had something up i was reserved in saying that i really liked her because of the sketchy side of her i didn't want something bad to come out a couple episodes down then me regret liking her but i'm happy that this episode explains the sketchiness in a way that i can still really enjoy her character and i do I think Hannah's awesome. Does she see another crack? She does. In the wall? And right after the, the Peter fight, she sees a crack in the wall and this flashes to nighttime with muddy footprints on the floor being the lady of the lake. It exchanges the crack in the wall to a crack in a rock, I believe, and Something. gets us outside. Yeah, she yeah, sees yeah. the footy, muddy yep. footprints, the footy footprints. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> and she sees Miss Jessel standing at the foot of the lake. Yeah. And that that's a pretty quick one. Yep. That's yeah. all that happens there. And then it's back again to this Owen interview. This is the second time we revisit this interview. And she she notices that it's the second time. She says, wait, haven't we done this before? And Owen responds with, yes, but we have to do it again. And she says, well, why do we have to do it again? And he says, you tell me. <laughs> Even here, I was questioning to myself, is this the real Owen? And is he aware of what's going on? Or is this Owen a projection of... It's a me- like I think Mrs. we can call them memories at this point in time because I think it is. Yeah, so it's a memory, but it's a little more intricate because the memories themselves know they're in a memory. It's weird. It's yeah, just it's it is inception weird. kind of thing. Like who who knows what's going on? Did you on? guys think at this point early this early in the episode, were you already thinking that Hannah was dead? Yes. I think it because we yeah. were talking about well, it a lot on the podcast and Paul was bringing up some good points. She's gotta be dead. Like and plus Miles had said that thing where it's like I had a dream that I was hurting you. And I was saying that who knows, maybe that was real. Yeah. And this is haunting. Happened. Whenever someone's acting not a hundred percent, my mind immediately goes to their ghost. Yeah, this is true. Haunting. Yeah, there's there's ghosts everywhere. But Owen starts to kind of talk to her like a therapist. He says, "Tell me more about Miles. Is is he ever cruel?" And Mrs. Gross is insistent that he's a good boy and would never do anything to hurt me. And Owen kind of catches her and said, "Why why would your mind go there? He would never do anything to hurt me. I didn't say anything like that." And it it starts to get a little bit weird. And he's probing about Miles, too, which I thought was interesting, not Flora. What I was saying was that the whole purpose of this episode is that the house itself, I don't know if it's the the ghost within the house or maybe it's just the essence of Bly Manor that's haunted, is trying to get Hannah to realize that, one, she's not alive anymore, and that, two, Miles is evil. So that's the point of this first interview is they're trying to say, like, wake up, pay attention. Miles is cruel. Why is Miles like this? Yeah. He and, has his moments sometimes. Why is it only sometimes yeah. that he's a bad person and most of the time he's a good guy? And that perfectly transitioned 
transitions us back to the aftermath of when Miles was messing with Jamie's ladder right after he was done with the, you know, smoking the cig. He's Peter at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, Mrs. Gross thinks he's just trying to be like Peter because he has his lighter. He's playing with it a little bit. Yeah, he's trying to smoke a cigarette and she's saying... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's probing him like he's gone, but he's smiling because he's like, she doesn't know that I am him. I'm right here. And when she starts calling him out on these kind of things, Miles takes off and sprints right towards the chapel. Mm -hmm. And Hannah is running after him, trying to catch up to Miles. And she walks through the front of the chapel door and her outfit switches right away, which signifies it's a completely different memory in a completely different time. Anytime she walks through a door, it seems to transition Mm -hmm. memories. That was good. You pointed that out. They make it obvious with the outfit changes, which was very helpful to us, the audience, because Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to keep track of these. Especially when Mrs. Gross comes in saying, like, have you seen Miles? And uh, Charlotte's just It's Charlotte. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense for, for how we've seen Hannah the first five four episodes at this point because every time you see her she's distant she doesn't really know what she was doing or what was going on it's because she's always in these loops and she's constantly jumping from memory to memory so she never knows what the hell she was doing yeah she yeah. doesn't even know why she's getting looped around like it's this fucking yeah. crazy but, man. but after a couple seconds it's like we've seen her before she just kind of comes to in the middle of a scene but she falls into it and then Eventually, yeah. she gets her footing and acts like she's always been there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It. Case so, in point, we find out. I know Luke and I were talking about it on the first episode. We find out who the fourth candle mm-hmm. is for that Mrs. Gross has been lighting. And it's for this guy, Sam. And Mrs. Gross says, you know, Charlotte, you don't usually light remembrance candles for the living. And Charlotte says, but for him, we'll make a special case. Was it explicitly said that he left for another woman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. And I don't think there's much more about that because because she's dead. I don't think Sam's going to come back into play yeah. at any point this season. But that's the that's the whole point. It was foreshadowed all the way back in episode two yeah. that her husband to her is dead. And this is where she has Luke. This is where she has the uh, denial. She's just like, oh, he's just going through a phase. He'll be back. Right, and yeah. she's like, no, he's he's gone. And while she's having this conversation with Charlotte, I don't even know how they transition. She looks away for a second. And when she looks back, it's another scene. And this is yeah. in, in the chapel still, but now she's sitting next to Rebecca Jessel. Mm-hmm. And it's a different day because, uh, is it because of the outfit? Al- another outfit change. She another was wearing something change. white and now she's wearing something brown. Not too big, but Charlotte offers to make the position live in, in the last scene, which is a thing. That's how she oh, is true. now living in Bly Manor officially. Well, technically not. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. she was Not, living in yeah. Bly Manor <laughs> up until recently. Rips in the chat. So when Hannah is talking to Rebecca in the pew, it's clear that Hannah doesn't like Peter. And she's trying to convince Rebecca that to he's terrible it. for yeah, her. To see it, that he is a thief and a liar and he's just playing her like a fiddle. Hannah says, if I'm being honest, Peter scares the shit out of me. She says that and she's not a woman who would ever curse. And Rebecca agrees. She says, yeah, he is scary, but he's exciting. And I've never felt more alive. And she says there's a difference between feeling good and feeling alive. And she also emphasizes that he always tells her that, you know, she's better than what she is. So that makes her feel really good. I'm so team Miss Gross in this in this conversation. I want want Rebecca to see it so bad. I love that Hannah calls her out on a contradiction because she says I've never 
been with a man like him before yeah and then she says later on i've never met what am i trying to say no she's never uh, met she's anyone trying like to him. say i've been with men like him before saying after she previous, can handle it yes after previously saying i've never met anyone like him in my life and miss yeah. gross says you can't have it both ways like that and she storms out just refusing to see anything that mrs gross right. is telling her and mrs gross follows right behind mm-hmm. her and this is a little bit of a special transition because something weird like she opens the door to follow rebecca and it is the bottom of the well if you guys didn't notice that like the, mm-hmm. the, the wall oh, is, is stone and it's the dripping noise oh, of the yeah, well yeah, yeah it so is. it's it's literally just a nice end of the episode foreshadowing and also miles slash peter is in the corner of the chapel at this room at mm-hmm. this point just Blame lighting the sick yep. and that triggers the next flash to the Bly Manor kitchen. Yep. And Miss Jessel is re- <laughs> refusing to take Owen to taste Owen's sauce from the spoon. She learned because <laughs> of the batter incident. And luckily, because Peter comes right into the room and they kind of start kissing. Hey, Bex, can I borrow you for a moment? Yeah. And they start like making out, moving into the other room. And that leaves us with just Mrs. Gross and Owen. And Mrs. Correct? Gross is just, yeah, still just continuing to let her emotions out on Peter, letting it be known that she just doesn't fuck with him. And then she goes into this little story about the mouse trap and the glue yeah. trap in the basement. And this is just a huge symbolism for what Peter is for Rebecca. And it's kind of ironic because it's what Miles becomes for Peter by the end of the episode, too. So it's just Literally, very yeah. linked. It's, you know, yeah. this is this is haunting. This is what they do. It's symbolism. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, nothing else there, really, right? We just flash nothing, back nothing. to the interview. Mm-hmm. And this is the third time we're in the interview. Yep. And just more confusion on my end from here. <laughs> a lot of meta awareness starts to happen in these memories. They're so talking, the, Owen, yeah. Owen brings up glue trap. No, I think she does, and he's like, "That hasn't happened. That conversation hasn't happened yet. That's not supposed to happen." For I thought he year. uses the term. He says, "I'll be stuck in this glue trap of a town my whole life." He does. Oh, okay, he does. And then Hannah says, "But we haven't talked about this yet, he's have like, we?" Oh, right. And, and then he, he says, yes. "But we will." Mm-hmm. She, not- she's all just. What am I trying to say She's all over the place. She doesn't get the message that the ghosts are trying to give to her yet, even though they're throwing it in her face. But she's getting there slowly, which is why we're only at the third interview of the four. I think, is there, maybe this is, this might be cuttable, but is there the word familiarity dropped in this conversation? Did either of you pick up on that? I can't remember. Because I I know denial was was the big word that he like screamed. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I was just trying to link at how, She's she's experiencing deja vu, basically, right? Yes. She doesn't know that it's a memory right away when she's talking to Owen for the third time. And I was thinking, is this the same sort of situation at why Danny was familiar? Remember the voiceover from Hot Mama, mm-hmm. why Danny was familiar with Jamie the first time they met? Do you remember that in the first scene? Yeah. Like they didn't actually say hello, nice to meet you. They just yeah, yeah, yeah. acted like they knew each other. And then also in the first episode, when Danny arrives to Bly, she says it felt familiar the yeah. whole manner is this her are we seeing her live danny's part of this yeah over again? And that would make sense because the end of episode six certainly leads us to believe Please that danny that, might be yeah. dead so she this totally might be could be a very rational she was revisiting her memories of meeting jamie but they already knew each other so they didn't like exactly each other the what's up I might be reading into it too much, but that's a thing, right? No, that's a possible I mean, thing. Yeah. When you, <laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, it honestly sounds really good to me. But yeah, that I'm, I'm stuck up on that that interaction with Jamie and Danny for the first time because we haven't gotten anything about it since. That's totally what it is. I hope so. That'd be cool. Right? High five right here. <laughs> Didn't even I notice think, that. Yeah, yeah. That's I bolted that. I bolted that line in my notes. I was like, I gotta nice. bring this up. All right. So okay. anyway, after they get out of the third Owen interview. This has Hannah leaving. 
she just stands up and leaves the room she and it gets transitions. A little frantic. It looks and like the ghost she's, she's getting worried a little bit. Yeah. yeah, she says this is morbid and and the ghost just is leaves. trying to tell her. Is it the scene where he's telling her like don't go out the door or regardless he's like be careful out there. Yeah, they're they're trying to tell her basically like when mm-hmm. it's okay to transition almost it seems like. But, but she, the transition yeah. here is a cut to Mrs. Gross in Peter and Miss Rebecca's bedroom and, and she's not tense she's not seen in this scene every other scene we've had everyone recognizes her and like has conversations with her this is the first one we get where she's completely unnoticed but yeah it's just her staring down Peter and Rebecca who are sharing a nice little moment of after sex I guess or you know. yeah they're just waking up I think it's them just waking up whatever and Peter's talking to Rebecca saying he's never had family money or love in his life until he met her and he starts planting the seeds for his plan of what he wants to do. He wants to essentially rob the Wingraves. But he doesn't say rob. He just says, I have a way of, like, uh, I have get, make, of a way of he making He doesn't money. reveal the means of the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what he's getting at. And he is, wants to take her and go to America because, as I mentioned earlier, he's very aware of the English classism. Is that the right word? Classism? Probably. Like, like I mean, racism, classism. That's yeah, kind of what it is, right? Classism. Because that's how no, it is. Peter right. views it, that they're, they have no chance of really jumping the classes as long as they're as long as they're here. Classes so, and prejudice against or in favor of people belonging to a yeah, particular there you go. class. So he wants to go to America because he knows that in America, as long as you have money, you can make it, which is kind of true. Shitty <laughs> if you're yeah, right I now. mean, we've seen it through all like the big CEOs. You know, like yeah. they say, they start from nothing, but it's really money. <laughs> so. They're taking shots at us, boys. Yeah, what, do we, really. what do we say to that? <laughs> they took a couple shots at Americans. I'm a this. very wealthy man. Anyway, so Peter leaves the room, right? And it's just left. The last with, thing he says is, grab your things. I'm going to go do something. Yeah. Come back. And then tomorrow we'll go. Okay. And he also tells her that he loves her. Did he say that in a previous episode? I don't think so, actually, because I, I think I made a mental note that he said, I mm-hmm. love you. I think that's the first time yeah. we heard that. But mm-hmm. he walks out of the room, which leaves us with Mrs. Gross and <laughs> Rebecca alone. And Rebecca starts talking to Mrs. Gross as if she's been there the whole time and says, this is one of my favorites. He's so much himself in this one before it all went bad. But I've never seen you in this one. How did you manage to slip in? And then she says, don't go out there referencing the hallway. I think it's about to happen. Hmm. Before we continue on, though, there was another quote that I loved. uh, What Rebecca says is, I don't find myself in this one too often so what that implies is that it's actually miss jessel's ghost there because the ghosts are reliving their memories constantly that's kind of like the theme of ghost i guess and when she acknowledges hannah she's also acknowledging another ghost being in a memory i just think that whole idea is written really well yeah at what's going on with the ghosts and how they're aware of each other at points Mm -hmm. but then also going through the motions of living these fake memories i like it all and the next part we have here is that Rebecca... This, is the, this was my favorite scene of this episode. It's, so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We get Peter and the kids are in the hallway. The kids, obviously, Flora and Miles. Miles says he heard something downstairs and Flora's dollhouse is doing something strange. Peter starts walking to the old wing to take the jewelry. He starts robbing the wing graves like he alluded to doing. And he comes back with the nap, excuse me, the necklace. He put it in his pocket and the kids are still in the hallway. He's just kind of standing in the middle of the hallway and out of nowhere, the lady of the lake just undertaker dude, <laughs> choke holds him. 
Holy shit. And even before she gets to the end of the hallway, he's kicking and screaming, trying to get out of her chokehold, and he's already dead, dead. can't even breathe by the end of the hallway. Super yeah. strength, baby. My <laughs> God, dude, that was a creepy scene and good payoff for the threat of the Lady of the Lake. And that really explains the earlier episodes when the kids are trying to protect Danny from yeah. leaving her room so much because this girl will fuck you up. Because it was 100%. really confusing, too, because she drags the body first back into the wing, and then he walks out. Acting like nothing's nothing, nothing happened. happened. Yeah, but then we see she still has his body and dragging it out to the lake eventually. He walks over to Flora, who has the talisman of the Lady of the Lake, and he's being weird trying to hold it. Am I reading into something? No, I didn't. Was get, it, I, that was important because I don't understand. It was like it wasn't tangible, well, but eventually he, he could is. touch it. Yeah, which it almost was weird. seemed weird. I don't know. That was something, though, right? Definitely, definitely something. I think and let me ask explain... you guys, do you think there was a reason behind the Lady of the Lake killing him, or was it the sole fact that he was awake in the house at night and out there? That was my first impression. Because it, Unless you pitch something to me right now, I think that was my only impression. Was all right, that, I'll give you my yeah. best pitch, because my only thought is that there could be a link to the Lady of the Lake, lake potentially fear. being Charlotte and her caring about him stealing that jewel. Hmm. right because he she doesn't come out and grab him until that jewel's she in his does hand kind of have the hair of charlotte as well like it's a brunette dark hair the face of. is wiped so we don't know could yeah. be right is that something yeah could it be the, it. could something. it be linked to that okay. jewel yeah, no yeah. I, I put love it that. on the board no i love it yeah put it <laughs> jury's on the board. still out that's a theory put it on the board that was actually off the dome i did not even write that but down. i like how they make it make you question it like that mm -hmm. like it's not just a matter of you know whether wrong place wrong time or there could be a reason yeah exactly because i'm still as a normal viewer i just saw it as wrong place wrong time they were always trying to save people from you know not interacting with her but now so yeah i like it one of the bigger mysteries is what happened to all these ghosts faces yeah, yeah. that's gonna be a we have no be clue what's going on with that so yes think. any of the ghosts could be anybody maybe it's the face stealer from avatar <laughs> <laughs> but anyway when the lady lake comes back out holding peter's dead body and ghost peter is looking at this she's walking down the steps you know tracking her footprints and dragging him down but what flora says out loud is the others stay away from her and that's important because one that means that she's been ghost woke for a while at this point her and miles they're yeah. aware that the ghosts are there and they also are aware that any ghost that they interact with don't fuck with the lady of the lake and that makes sense because Flora's always trying to keep the doll out of the house, but yeah. she's fine with all the other ghosts. Are they all so the like other that. ghosts good ghosts then, like Casper's, I guess? Like. We don't have a lot of confirmation, but we know that Flora is trying to become friends with some of the ghosts because of her interactions with the little boy in the next episode, really. Mm -hmm. So as far as we know right now through episode six, yes, she is trying to make friends with all of these ghosts. Yeah. But that specific quote, the others say stay away from her, leads me to believe that most of the ghosts are friendly. I agree. Yeah. And I think that that holds water, especially with Henry Wingrave talking in the next episode about his ghost when he was a kid. Which, the soldier. Nice. Who I nailed. Yeah, yeah nice. I was definitely going to give you a shout souls. out about that. But that implies that Henry lived his whole life in Bly Manor and had a friendly ghost. So yeah. it's just safer to assume that besides Peter, Rebecca Jessel, and the Lady of the Lake, everyone else so far is nice. So the last thing we get in this scene is while, again, Lady Lake is dragging Peter's body down the stairs. Peter puts his hand on Miles' shoulder 
And that is the twist we've kind of been talking about since episode one. We knew it was coming. That's the explanation. Yeah. Possession. He's, he's yeah, trying possession. to kind of like yell after the Lady of the Lake and he leans on Miles and then Miles starts also yelling after the Lady of the Lake. It was really well done that and they, they have, finally made it that obvious, like slap us in the face with it. He's getting possessed by Peter. And the choreography was really good when like, you know, Peter's looking at his hands and Miles is looking at his. They're standing right next to each other, like trying to figure this out. I do want to say that this kind of twist was amazing. It was really well done and it yep. was the the payoff was earned. But mm -hmm. the reason I think that when this season's done we're still going to say the Haunting of Hill House was better was because the Haunting of Hill House twists were not something we could see even remotely happening in episode 1 or 2 versus this we were talking about it in the first podcast episode. And to me this twist was I don't want to say obvious cuz that sounds like I'm I'm putting the writers down cuz it's not like that at all. It was still well done. It's just it wasn't a mind fuck. It was just a good twist. Yeah, I I do tend to agree, but like you said it doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just the bent neck lady that was something where you could never see that coming in episode 1. There was nothing that alluded to that and you didn't get that reveal until what was it? Episode five. And when it happened, I still had nothing to do with it <laughs> to end the scene that we were just talking about 25 minutes ago. The lady of the lake drags Peter into the lake. He's he's done. So and Mrs. Gross is there observing it. She turns around and sees Rebecca Jessel for a split second. Then we get smash cut back to the interview with Owen. But real quick, we did see at this point that the Lady of the Lake had no face or eyes. Yes. That was the moment we saw it, which is always and, creepy. And here's the reason I think Charlotte might be Lady of the Lake now is because we see Charlotte with that white kind of flowy um, oily dress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the Lady of the Lake is doing. Okay, Let's stick a pen in that one. Yep. <laughs> back to the interview with Owen. Again, they're kind of recalling we've done this before, haven't we, et cetera, et cetera. Owen actually seems a little bit pissed now. He's starting to get maybe losing his patience. Was anybody else picking up on that? Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. The, the spirits, you can say, are getting more aggressive and trying to shove this message into Hannah Gross's face. What we have is Owen saying, <laughs> I totally got um, into the Spider-Verse vibes here because at the it. end of their conversation, he goes, all right, let's do this one more time. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> and he's just reiterating that something is very wrong with Miles. Focus on Miles. And that kicks us over to Hannah. It, well, you get the quote okay, too. Owen looks at Hannah and is telling yeah. her, like, you are Hannah Gross. The year is 1987. You're at Bly Manor. Like, this is what she's repeating to herself at the end. I guess Miles I is eight or Miles is 10. Flora is eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. why this was important, but it it's was. It's important because I think it kind of creates like a rock for her, like just to make to get her back to a certain point. Maybe. I don't yeah. Know. No, I like that. And it comes up at the very, very Fair last nice. quote of the episode as well. Yeah. So after we see all that, it's Hannah going to the well, seeing, does she actually see Peter? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so she, she sees, sees Peter. Peter. She sees Peter and Miles by the well. I guess Peter's teaching Miles how to smoke, whatever. And Mrs. Gross is saying, get away from him. Like all this stuff. You're a bad man, blah, right. blah, blah. Because, and, as, because she's under the impression that Peter is not dead and that he's there going to mess with the Wingraves again. Correct. Yes. And then it's finally revealed that he's actually in Miles' body when he again puts his hand on Miles' shoulder to, as he's saying a sentence and then Miles finishes that sentence. So Mrs. Gross finally realizes that he is trapped in the body. She makes a comment like, why don't you leave? And he's just like, I would love to leave. And he physically can't. And you, you know why. Because he's dead. And yeah. Mrs. Gross kind of comes to that conclusion finally, but it is short-lived because Miles, who is being possessed by Peter, pushes her into the well. She snaps her neck. 
horrible, sees, horrible sees, scene. Sees oh. the recurring crack at the bottom of the well. As yeah, that was now. I was, uh, but at the same time, as it was happening, I, I was just thinking that it makes so much sense. You knew that that was the episode one scene right when we got to that scene, yes. right? Before mm-hmm. Danny even walked up. Yes. So we get this zoom out to Hannah looking down the well, and she's a little bit discombobulated. And Miles asks what's happening, says, I'm having the strangest dream. And that means that he is no longer being possessed. He's starting to come to. Peter is gone. And, and cue Danny arriving. But yes. it's very important that we know as audience members that when Miles is being possessed by Peter, Miles has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Because he's not aware of what he did. It's not like he's taking a backseat or anything like that. He's just in a in a daze. I think it's important to note that he experience. I feel like he experiences it as a dream. Even uh, Owen, as a memory, was saying in the previous scene, talking about memories versus dreams. So Miles, I think, thinks of everything as his dreams, whereas you know mm-hmm. Flora mm-hmm. will experience memories. Yeah. yeah, he does call it. I'm having the strangest dream, is what he says. Mm-hmm. And so when Miles meets Danny, which is the scene we get in episode one again he is acting like a gentleman. And this the only reason I bring this up is because we were right to talk about the difference between when Miles calls Danny, either Danny or Miss Clayton. Yeah, We were on the right track. And mm-hmm. I think every time he refers to her as Miss Clayton, he's being the rich Englishman gentleman yeah. that he was raised to be from boarding school versus when he's Danny, he's just trying to it's mess formal. with her. And he, he's more formal when he's Miles. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. That's what I mean. And anyway, then this he, flashes us back to the bonfire for the last time. And this is the end of the Paris conversation. But this, this time it so takes sad. a turn. Oh, Owen's just talking about Paris again. And finally, Miss Gross agrees and says, yes, Owen, I'll go to Paris with you. Then it, it's a really quick jump to Owen is standing up and he does that dad joke. Alcohol, you later. I'm using that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Alcohol, you later. <laughs> and Miss Gross kind of follows him and says, didn't you hear me? I do want to go to Paris with you and is pleading for him, him and Jamie to wait. Jamie arrives and says, it's time to drive home. And Mrs. Gross is upset and she's pleading for him to stay. And she keeps reiterating the line that Owen dropped to her. You are Hannah Gross. The year is 1987. You are at Bly. Miles is 10. Flora is eight. And she says that a couple times over. And then the last time she she loses it. Mm-hmm. midway through and that's our end credit scene damn great, ep- great episode yes. honestly it was a lot of answers specifically for miss gross obviously but we did get some good information about the lady of the lake we got a lot of <laughs> a lot more background between jessel and quint like all their issues that they had going on and we also of- got some more information on the powers of the kids being miles having the being possessed and you know, how Flora and Miles handled talking about the Lady of the Lake when she was in the house and the other ghosts, all that stuff. It was it was a lot of it was an information dump with a good twist. Even though we knew it, this episode was the official reveal of the possession Peter on Miles. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like the us podcasting through the first four episodes was just trying to pick out the Easter eggs that we already knew the possession was. Yeah, I was agree. A thing. So if we're ready, we could jump right into episode six because this is going to so be. Far. Yeah, this <laughs> is this is a wild one, and I really enjoy all of the Henry Wingrave we get in this episode. Yeah, it does a lot of good filling in the blanks behind the background of. I mean, filling in all the context that happened before our Danny story started, especially with the parents. Of course, we yep. start this episode 
with Henry Wingrave in his lawyer office and another hot mama voiceover. Lord Wingrave greatly preferred the confines of his office to the comfort of his London flat. And that was, I think that was literally it. It was a short one. So, well, and then he just, it's like he trapped himself there day and night, never leaving. It starts with Henry's secretary giving him an update, walking through into his office and telling him about Danny and the children. And Danny's always constantly calling him and it becomes a theme that he just never pays any attention to the kids unless he says specifically later, someone's hurt. And this is the scene that we first get Henry's personal ghost that is for life has been with him, not life, since the end of the, you know. Yeah. Since literally since the accident, since he found out about the accident, that was when I like to call him Smiles or right. Smiley. Evil Henry behind. is yeah. what I did, but we can call him Smiley. The, the, the subtitles good. called him Alter Ego, but like yeah. Smiley's fine. Shout smiley. out Miss Friedman. She yeah. called me Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Me and memories. I also, in my notes, called him like Evil Hugh a million times that been because he's always Hugh. Hugh, not Henry. That to might me. have been the second Miss Friedman shout out on this podcast. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Good for her. I love that. <laughs> okay. We, so get a, we get a flash to Henry at Bly. Yes. Mm hmm. And we see Dominic is coming in in kind of a rush. And I didn't get any of the dialogue, but the point is Dominic is coming back from a trip and Charlotte is in labor about to give birth. To Flora. To Flora. And as Dominic rushes into the, what do we keep calling it? The 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 foyer. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, the wing. Yeah. The, 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 not I, we've the, just been calling it the wing, I feel like. They refer to it as the old wing, but old in wing. this memory, if it is not the, the old wing. It's just the wing. The parent's wing. If you're thinking of the parapet, that I think that actually means like the balcony or whatever, but that was the That's name. That's the area, though. Yeah, yeah. Of the house. So when Dominic rushes to the main master bedroom, Henry is actually leaving the room, which is our first sign that we're supposed to, you know, by the end of the episode, pick up on that he's a little sketchy. Yeah, usually an uncle wouldn't be in the delivery room. That's a little weird. Right. And I don't think we get anything more before we flash back to modern day at Bly, right? Correct. And this has us seeing Flora laying on the just a random part of the grounds of Bly Manor. And then we flash quickly to Danny inside Bly. And she's bringing coffee to Jamie, doing her best flirty impression. And so American of her bringing can coffee. We, yeah. Let's just, what did you guys think about? their relationship before this episode because i want to know what your opinions are on that i think at least in when we were talking about in the last episode i think we were all on board for these two being a couple like it's obviously really good for danny and obviously as we will later learn it's really good for jamie as well so i'm all on team Mm -hmm. jamie i think we were (laughs) i think they planted the seeds for this ship a couple episodes back honestly so I was hoping it would go this way i started this episode before we get all of these interactions thinking that I was fine with it. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was always awkward, especially because of the spec scenes, but whatever. But by the end of this episode, I was banging my fist on the table, diehard stand for Danny and Jamie. I loved every second of it. I know Kathleen is just going to fucking love the shit out of these two and their relationship. We were shipping them just mainly because everything in the last episode four, I think it was, was just... She pointed to her being a lesbian. Like she mm-hmm. knew for a while. Well, may, who knows if she's lesbian or bisexual, whatever it is, but we knew she had those issues. And so, seeing- no, I think that's what it is. I think she is a full lesbian because that's the point. Yeah. That, that's why she had to break off the marriage to her husband. And it was well known. So, her finally being able to find somebody that can fit her personality, I yeah. think, is really good for her. I fucking love Jamie. This is the episode yeah, that made her my favorite top character. Two. Top two. Top two. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her I'll take it. I'll take dominate. it. Dominate. She's great. So, anyway, 
back to what I was saying, where Danny's bringing Jamie the coffee. They're getting their flirt on. She's getting her flirt on. It's a little obvious. It's one way. Yeah, Jamie picks up on it real quick. Yeah. It's like, it's 6 a.m. Why are you up? You've been up for a while just to make a cup of shitty coffee. You're not just here to, you know, talk, basically. What are you like? What are you actually here for? And Danny says something along the lines of, I didn't like how we ended it. And Jamie says, how did we end it? And Danny says, wrong. We ended it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would start anew with a cup of coffee. Yeah, she's also shitty at making. Is she? (laughs) Yeah, that's what she says. She spits the the coffee right back in the drink. There's no (laughs) such, as an avid coffee drinker, there's no such thing as a bad (laughs) cup of coffee. I think she uses uses a lot of cream and sugar. Based on that first episode of how she made the tea, the tea was lots of cream and sugar. I don't even like tea but i know that was the (laughs) wrong way to make tea (laughs) so there's not much to pick up on the flirting but there's one thing i wanted to point out danny is offering to take jamie to the bar in bly is it county or town i think it's county i think it's bly county no whatever the town i I know owen has referred to it as a town i'm not sure what they referred to it in this scene but i think it's a town okay in in the town itself and I think that's important because Jamie goes on to say, you know, I live above the bar. And I think that's important because that's leading me to believe that Jamie's not a ghost. She can leave Bly Manor. I agree. So, I'm yeah. I'm under that impression as well. Yep. It's important so to say So Owen, too, for that same reason, I think. Which I, is... I don't think Owen is a ghost, but... I don't either. The tie-in with Mrs. Gross, I think more... Is That her. was Mrs. Gross was projecting an Owen that mm-hmm. is woke to some of this Completely stuff. But agree. I think Owen and Jamie are in the clear for not being ghosts. And we voiced our opinions in this early saying we would have been upset if all of the help was just dead. That yeah. would have not have been cool. I didn't, I wouldn't have liked that. And I'm way more comfortable with just being Hannah gross. And then Owen and Jamie, who are my two homies are good to go. So at the end of their flirting, or I guess mid flirting, Danny looks out into the yard and sees Flora laying on the grounds walking kind of just mindlessly around and she i think she's walking towards the lake right not into the was lake it? But no, kind of no, to- no she wasn't walking no okay, she was literally my, just my walk, mistake then literally just walking to like it wasn't to the road but she definitely wasn't but i thought it was the lake gotcha. too but it definitely she looked was like she was sleepwalking yeah she was yeah. and she was so they run out as fast as they can find out what's going on and flora instantly says that she does not feel good and she Season. is seeing Miss Jessel. Yeah. We're seeing it from her perspective. Miss Jessel's yes. ghost is right there in her black dress, which matches her doll. And no one else can see her. And she reaches her hand out, touches Flora oh. on the head. And Flora is now in her bed, waking up from that experience. Okay. So we get the reveal later. But were you guys thinking Miss Jessel possession right here, right now? Was this the confirmation? It didn't feel like possession so I don't much. Think possession, especially at the end. Because what Peter does to Miles is different than what Jessel does to Flora. Yes. It's more. But the thing is, though, Danny can see is it though? both of them, though. I think by the end of this episode, we know that Danny can see both Peter and uh, Miss Jessel. Well, I think anybody can see anybody if the ghost wants to be seen. Wants Agreed. to be seen, okay. And Jessel wanted to be seen by Flora in the scene that you're referencing. And she didn't. But, and Danny just walked was up an and accident? she was in. Yeah, that was an accident. But it feels think. more that, that she didn't. Correct. It feels more that Jessel is manipulating Flora as opposed to physically being in her body. And that checks out, too, with how my even Miles thinks it's weird later in this episode when she's walking down and right. saying, I forget all this. I didn't remember that, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's different but it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in this particular instance, we get Miss Jessel gives Flora the old Itachi forehead tap. Yep. (laughs) And that sends her back into a flashback. And it's a flashback of this little boy 
opening and walking into her closet in her bedroom and he turns around and he has no face and this startles flora and the boy goes running Startles flora startles me startles (laughs) everyone yeah true 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 (laughs) the boy does not go running uh flora goes running screaming for her mom and she gets to charlotte's bedroom and henry is coming out of there Mm. buttoning up his shirt something just went on in there they were throwing that in our face right there but question is are we supposed to be under the impression that that is flora's first interaction with a ghost ever Yes. Okay. I think so. I think so too. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything there. I would agree with that statement. Mm -hmm. But I think Henry kind of smooths over the situation. Young Flora questions it at first. Why is Henry in the bedroom? I didn't leave last night. I stayed the night in a guest room. I'm just getting like, I just came to say good morning. Quickly says, but I heard you saying something about someone with no face. Plays it off well. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For someone who's cheating. I took the note (laughs) this early. I took the note. I said, "Is, is he the goddamn father of the children? At least Flora. So oh. I was happy with my guess there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I <laughs> Good was, call. I was thinking something was a muck. This it wasn't crazy. obvious to me at this moment, but when he he got the house for her, the yeah. dollhouse, that was when I was like, that's a lot. Anyway, they all go to investigate the closet and the little boy is gone. And Charlotte, the mom, is actually handles this imaginary friend situation very well i hope i handle it this this good when i'm a parent she says well if there's a little boy with no face and you're the only one who can see him perhaps he'd like to be your friend yeah she's encouraging her to be friends with this imaginary friend even though we know it's an actual ghost flora says there's something wrong with him his face isn't finished and that's where we get henry suggesting that flora should give this unfinished ghost a story like he did with this soldier in Bly Manor when he was younger. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, is it safe to assume at this point? Well, not safe to assume, but like I was assuming at this point in time that he also is experiencing something that like Flora and Miles are going through where he had, he yeah. had go, he was seeing ghosts. It and at least alludes to he, he did back when he I don't, was younger. A hundred percent. And that's you, why yeah. we brought up, I said it earlier in the episode, but now with a little bit more context, Brian, when you were going through all the way back when we initially got introduced mm-hmm. to the dollhouse and we were going room by room, you pointed out, there was a soldier ghost in yeah. there. So all the way back in episode one, that is. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I called it out. Okay. That's there, that's Wingrave's ghost from or Henry Wingrave's ghost. There was a really good it. scene in episode one where they pan from room to room in the dollhouse. And do you think all of the dolls are shown? Do you think we're going to get any more of that backstory? What I was just going to say is even if we don't, it was already enough payoff just off of that. Alone. I think so yes. If we don't Definitely. ever see the soldier ghost, that's fine. That's I don't I care. I think we will, though. I think we're going to start some of these ghosts are going to start revealing and interacting with the living people. Definitely. And we know Henry's on his way to Bly Manor at the end of this episode. So that's going to be a thing. Do we know if like, is this supposed to be like Hill house where it's going to be like one and done season? That's it. Yeah, It's an anthropology series. So every season's going to be a standalone. We also get that the dad is in Scotland on a trip right now. And that's why Henry is being shysty, I guess. Yeah. The dad's away. Then they start having a meta conversation and she's real. Flora herself is realizing that she's in a memory again. For lack of a better term, Flora starts to question the nature of her reality. (laughs) Damn, with the references on this binge time show. Dude, this is a meta conversation. (laughs) Charlotte is aware of her being a memory and she's asking like, I'm supposed to be five here, not eight. She starts to have the conversation with her mom and says, I'm getting tucked into another memory again. And as soon as I realize it, I'm just going to wake up. And she wakes up in present day right yeah yeah and this is well, danny and jamie well it's a little bit 1987, 1987. Which is the audience is present jamie day. and danny are right outside or in flora's 
bedroom. Yep. And what they find out or tell her is that she fainted. And as soon as she, you know, is talking to them, realizes that she says she's tired. She wants to go back to sleep. So we instantly get another transition. I like this, though, because she says, I have to go to sleep to dream this time, not to go into a memory. Mm -hmm. Because as far Mm -hmm. as they know, she's been sleeping because she's passed out. Yeah. But yes, this takes us to Henry's office again. And he is told that by, I think, his secretary again, that Flora is sleepwalking. He does not show any empathy, really. He, he knows that he's banished from Bly Manor, so he can't really do anything about it unless it's a life or death situation. So I guess that's the reasoning behind him just saying fuck off to the secretary every time she comes in. I think it's it also com- important. We've also forgot to mention it. I don't know if this will be important, but the letter that he gets, because we do get glimpses of it throughout the episode. In the very first scene, as we talked about, the secretary delivers a letter and it's for Dominic. And here we get another glimpse of him like kind of after the secretary leaves and he's kind of contemplating his decisions, what he should do. He looks at the letter again and I think he tries to make a phone call. Or they talk about call. it a little bit later. I'll bring it up when we get to that scene, but it might pay off for something. Yeah. So that first flashback to Henry's office, I guess is present day because it's talking about Flora and Miss Clayton's report on Flora. Right. And then we instantly flash back to an, I guess couple years back henry is calling bly manor looking for charlotte so it's long enough ago that the parents are still alive Mm -hmm. and flora picks up and henry obviously called looking for charlotte but shifts the conversation to something that would be appropriate with flora and says have you seen the little boy again and this is where we get flora saying no and daddy says that he's just a new kind of mint a fig mint of my imagination which luke said you want to call this ghost figment until we figment, get until yeah. we find it. I like yeah, it. I like figment. figment. Yeah, fun. Because he will come up again. Right. And Henry says, even figments need stories too. So maybe you should give him a story still. And this, this is, is where Flora hands the phone over to Dominic, who starts to question what's all this about needing to make up stories? What are you talking about, Henry? And you could tell Henry is thrown off that Dominic is even there. Yes. He thinks he's still away on another business trip, lawyer trip, whatever he was doing. Like I, at this point, it, to me, it was obvious that there was an affair at least going on. Yeah. And I did not get the vibe that Dominic picked up on anything in this phone call. He was, by the end, was a tiny bit so. weirded I out. Skeptical. I was going to say by the end of the phone call, there was probably a glimpse of it because he, like, he was just like, how did you know I was away? And then that's when, you know, Henry's being like, oh, I figured it out on my Henry own. Henry was flustered with the white lie and, that he told to and get then he al- And then when Dominic hangs up the phone, he also sees his wife standing there and then just walk away. So, yeah, kind of questioning some mm-hmm. things. I don't think he knows fully yet that it's uh, an affair. Right. And then we're back in the office. It's nighttime. And Smiley shows up and they're drinking because Henry drinks every single night. It seems like that's been a thing since the parents' death. And it's kind of funny because the ghost, Smiley, also drinks. <laughs> like He yeah, takes share. the glass and physically yeah. moves it and stuff, which is cool. And I want, like to point out that Henry is not scared or surprised at all that he's there, which, again, implies that he's been there for years. He's kind of numb to the ghost. He's ghost woke as fuck now. Yes. And been ghost woke as fuck. If, we, mm-hmm. if he had Soldier Boy, like this shouldn't be anything new to him. Right. And that's why I'm so excited to get him back in Bly Manor, because I think he's going to be like the ghost expert and be able to identify all of the weird stuff that's been happening at the manor. So this is yeah. think he's gonna exciting. Cr- do you think he's going to cry when he re- gets reunited with Soldier Boy at Bly Manor? <laughs> I hope so. We're Soldier definitely- Boy? Yeah. Yeah. You! No, or Soldier Boy from the His Boys. His name's totally Soldier Boy. We don't even know Soldier Boy <laughs> yes, from the Boys. Boy. Yeah, the yeah. ghost name is Soldier Boy, and 
this is making me think that we are going to get that reunion actually now that Henry is going back to yeah. the manor. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that later. We get a couple of info dumps here from Smiley. Right away, we find out that I, this doesn't make sense to me now looking back, but Peter robbed the Wingraves of 250 grand. And he was talking about how, how it was Miles' money, but how is that possible if Peter never left the property with? Is it the the jewel? No, I I picked up on that as well. I wasn't sure if there was going to be an extra layer to someone actually taking money from the Wingraves because he died before he could, he could do anything take any money. But unless that necklace he did was, have the jewel, unless I'm not that entirely sure that that's true because think back to the episode where he he gives rebecca the coat it i feel like it's alluded to that he's been slowly smuggling okay, stuff out I could buy that. for a couple months and after a couple months he finally started to reveal to rebecca but he that, had so. he had been doing that okay. for a while it sounds good and then it's also revealed in this episode i at least wrote down maybe it's not explicit here but i picked up on the calls the ghost calls that have been happening throughout mm-hmm. this entire season and every time someone in blind matter answers no one's there it's Henry. It's been Henry. Yes. We didn't know when we were at least talking about him three and four. We had no guesses. Did you that. guys think the same thing we did that it was supposed to be Dan? Once Danny picked it up, someone would talk, but she did pick it up. And we no kind one of, we were yeah. talking specifically about like how when Danny picked up, there was something weird there, but mm-hmm. I don't think we pieced together that it was. Of course not. But my question, I mean, that would have been really hard to, to find out because I was convinced that it was going to be Danny related, but it wasn't. Yeah. But my I thought, question I thought it was Danny related. Is, didn't Flora pick it up once? Didn't Flora, Flora answer the phone? She does. At least and I thought that was no, the goal. She does at least in episode one or two. She at least picks it up, Flora residence. But I think it was like an actual no. phone. No, Smiley, Smiley comments on that because the, the goal was to be able to hear Flora talk, not to engage in a conversation oh. with her. Oh, that's it. Okay. Smiley said something like, just to hear her say, Flora residence, one last that's time. That's exactly what and it yes, is. It, he wouldn't respond. And that's why smiley is the one bringing it up because okay. he's his he's his inner demons but and yeah, dave this is another directly links to the the letter we were just talking about smiley tells him that he's been avoiding drafting a notice of death for his brother dominic and i think that's what that letter was like just, he didn't want to send it out i think smiley specifically says because it closes the door on that whole parent situation basically taking away his guilt and he feels like he has to so live in it or the something letter itself is not worth anything it's just a it's way of a representation tell, of yeah, him not, not moving forward. Right, yeah. Right. And the conclusion of this scene is him deciding not to mail it out, correct? Yep. Yes. Cool. He, so the next scene we have is Danny and Mrs. Gross checking in on Flora, who has been sleeping all day. And Mrs. Gross is adamant as per usual because now we know the reveal that she's been dead the whole time. So it's kind of funny now when we see her dazed and confused entering like we know why because we know why that's like yeah it was so much relief when we get that we got that and she danny asked we miss you this afternoon what were you up to and she says oh well i don't really remember what i was doing all day because i love being in on the inside yeah so do i 100 (laughs) percent. so do you think her body actually is transported with each time loop or do you think she just kind of does a floor thing where she sleepwalks it's her consciousness i would say is because all of these events already happen so her body's not going anywhere yeah and when we just reliving that when we see her a lot of the scenes in the early episodes she just has the blank stare in her face and isn't doing anything so that's what i'm envisioning is happening when she's living through these memories she's just just standing there like like even this memory is just a memory for her at least by the way she does a great job of acting out a person who 
doesn't know where the fuck they are or what the hell's going on with yeah. her. She does yeah. a great job of acting just dazed and confused. Uh, Danny says that she called Henry, but he didn't call back. And Mrs. Gross says, well, Henry's not exactly himself anymore since Dominic and Charlotte went on that trip. None of them really came back. Obviously, the parents died. But ever since then, Henry has not been himself. So don't take it personally that he's not responding. This is pretty much par for the course since the trip. Mrs. Gross goes downstairs and Danny goes in to tuck in Flora. And as she walks away, there's a little boy playing with the dolls. Figment. Figment is playing with the dolls. Yes, confirmed. And when Danny turns around, he is gone. So Okay, let's talk about this real quick. Because I, I think this is everything that Jay Spang has, Jimmy has wanted. I think that anytime the dolls are moving, it's Figment is the one moving these dolls into the rooms that they... Again, going to fill you guys in on the last podcast but yeah we were trying because we were we right were, yeah we weren't sure if the dolls were physically moving themselves or if they were like moving as the people were moving but we now it's 100 percent confirmed it's figment, it's figment. Who's yeah doing all figment is the one keeping tabs in the house that's awesome but doesn't flora move them too sometimes sure but but I think, but it's, I like think it's safe to assume. Okay, I, yeah. I think it's more at night when she does it and when it's gotcha. during the day flora uses them for like actual dolls you know yeah, I think but yeah, no, Dave. We were in the first two episodes for the podcast. We were saying we had no idea if they were moved. Like you're exactly as your discussion probably went. Yeah, and I'm really happy we got an answer. Jimmy's gonna love that. Yeah, okay. I'm so sure you he think was he was thrilled. Yeah, he was talking about that, and he wanted to do know some answers. Do you think Figment is doing this just to like help out Flora? So I mean, they're friends now, so potentially. True. Just so she can wake up and be like, okay, Lady of the Lake is here. This I also here. don't think it needs to be deeper than it's Figment. <laughs> you know, like, you know how things don't need gotcha. to be explicitly yeah, yeah, yeah. explained. But. True, true, true. I think it's Figment trying to help let them know what what everything is going on in the house. So Danny goes down into the kitchen and she finds Owen and Hannah talking to Danny's surprise. Jamie is kind of in her street clothes, you know. As a graphic teon, she's looking good, but she set, had already left for the night and she came back after driving halfway and just, what does she say? Something nice, like didn't want to be alone tonight or like wanted to see Danny again. Something Based like implying, that. Implying, yeah, that she, yeah, that she came back for Danny. And Jamie wants to make a gesture. And so what she does is she brings Danny outside to a secret spot on the Bly grounds. She gives this whole little speech about there's even you know i was gonna say even though that bly is such a big place there's not a lot of secret spots but this is my secret spot yeah and this is a lot of character building for jamie and i loved every part of it i think she's the best i don't think it upsets me because i think this is our jamie episode i don't think we're gonna get a jamie centric episode but this is enough yes very satisfying backstory for jamie we get her whole family backstory I'm not going to go into the details. Their father was a minor, whatever. They're, the mom, mom was, was a 18 slut. <laughs> when she had the first child. So we know that she has a bastard little story. brother, all that. It, it basically goes to show that Jamie has a really messed up background that makes her such a strong person. She even goes to say that she got into trouble when she left London and she even spent some time in jail. And in jail is where she found her love for gardening. And what I thought, at this point of the conversation was why this explains a lot as to why she freaked out at miles over cutting the flowers prematurely all the way back in episode one and two, because she says in the scene when she's talking about what's it, what's it called? The moon flower, the moon flower, the moon flower. She, she's, she's there's such a particular way with flowers. You have to give them care for not a lot of like all of this stuff. And I think that's why she was so mad at, at miles for cutting the flowers, even though it was Peter at the time. 
But do you remember that scene? Well, do you know she, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Well, she 100%. treats the flowers like people. She makes that. She's like, yeah, people are the same way. Like you'll put in all this work for, and effort for and people, it's not inc- worth it. and including myself. Like I put all this work in for me, and it just never pays off. At this part in the scene. I kind of had a thought, and you guys might absolutely hate me. Specifically, Kathleen's going to hate me for saying this, but I had a thought that I kind of wish Jamie was the main character and Danny was the side character again because I just love Jamie's personality. Jamie had an MC worthy backstory, you know. She could have definitely been the MC of the show. She could have gotten the shit haunted out of her. Come on, I'm fine with. I, I like Danny. They're both I great don't characters. think she's out of the woods. I think she is going to get the shit haunted <laughs> out of her could. because we think she's still alive and the living get the shit haunted out of them. <laughs> but we get some nice kissing scenes. Yeah, Danny and Jamie are making out. Um, and that's the conclusion of the Danny-Jamie scene. And then we get a cut to Charlotte and Henry who are about to make out and it they're in Bly Manor at the time. This is like a really, really quick scene because it's I thought it was the end of them making out or something. And she kind of leaves the screen and then Smiley steps in. Right. And they're face to face like an inch apart. I kind of thought he was like at the office still and he was like imagining Charlotte there. And then it was just Smiley. Okay, that's probably what it was. Yeah, that's how I took it. But I legitimately was a little No, that's 100 percent what it is, because Smiley doesn't arrive. We find out until Charlotte and Dominic are dead. Yes. So, yes, this is a memory that Henry is recalling with Smiley. And now we skip right to Flora's birthday. And this, Dave, if you want to take this, I know you were taught you had some notes on that. Yeah, this was just um, this is where I kind of first started seeing Flora that Flora, Flora was going to be the daughter, right? So you, we get introduced to Henry just at the Bly Manor. He has this big doll, the big dollhouse with him. It's Flora's birthday. I don't know if it mentions what birthday it is for her, and not that it matters even. But um, Charlotte comes into the room and you know is observing the house, really you know admiring it, thanking Henry for the big contribution. I think Peter helps oh, out here too, birthday, right? Anyway. Wasn't Peter in this scene for a second? Uh, Peter helped bring it in. I didn't I don't, know that. I, don't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that Whatever. either. But it regardless, she's admiring it. And, you know, they kind of end up standing next to each other as they're looking at the dollhouse. Henry kind of makes a move onto Charlotte, you know, kind of touching his pinky on hers. And she says, not here. And they kind of walk away from each other for a second. And they look at the top of the stairs. And it is Dominic watching them kind of have this flirtatious moment. Very creepy. Henry gets all weird, says, I'm not going to be at the party tonight. And Dominic being even weirder just doesn't really say much. Is just looking at the two of them. You could tell he's figuring it out if he hasn't already at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I knew shit was about to go down for yeah. Henry Wingrave. So they both leave awkwardly and Dominic is left there standing up alone in the in the foyer just staring at the dollhouse and the next scene we get is those two characters charlotte and dominic this time it's in the kitchen a little bit later probably that same day i really like the scene i really did yeah it's great because dominic handles he, it very rationally that's what I, and logically that's what I liked about it. and dominic it, was great yeah he prepared and up until this point i thought Henry was cheating and I never root for that but I thought he was the better match for Charlotte until this scene where I'm like oh Dominic's not a bad guy he he's logical he's rational about it do we already know for a fact at this point or did they ever explicitly say that Dominic and Henry are just brothers that run a law firm together is that what it is I think they just they never said it, what it they is. never said it but that's what it seems to be yeah and so they're just the partners that run the law firm which eventually splits and I kind and of took it as Dominic yes. owns a majority Peter is coming in at the beginning of the story when we get introduced to Peter back a couple episodes ago he's trying to come in and take that position mm. now that he's gone right because he tells Rebecca Henry's never going to make me partner 
going into this conversation, we figure out that Flora is not Dominic's kid. He's basically talking about how Charlotte was telling him at the end of the pregnancy that Flora was an early arrival and he was kind of doing the math on it. Yeah, Yes, she was early, but she wasn't a below average size for a baby. And he was just, he never wanted to piece that together. But when he did the actual math of the night of conception, it was while he was in Rome. In Russia. Or Russia, sorry. He does a really noble job of taking some responsibility for always being gone, which again is what we're saying. Dominic's a good character. I like that because he's like, you were lonely, weren't you? Like I go on all these business trips. I think he would have understood and Mm -hmm. let her off the hook if that's all it was. That part didn't bother him. He said, I was away. I totally understand you were lonely. There's a silence. And then he says, but do you love him? And she starts to break down and cry. And that's obviously what the betrayal to Dominic. I also think he would have been able to get over it if it wasn't his fucking brother if it was a, just a random uh, yeah, person now we flash over to baby girl danny again and she's waking up to next to jamie the morning after whoa what a- we have a nice <laughs> hot mama quote the au pair could not remember the last time she slept this well and she thought perhaps she never had loved it loved That's seeing it. Danny. next to jamie loved seeing danny she got to be able. her true self yeah. with a you know with a girl and not not specs mm-hmm. and she does notice while she's getting out of bed to get dressed there's this wicked scar on the back right shoulder of jamie is that going to be important that's going to be a thing you didn't take that's she has been possessed so many times <laughs> that's friction burns from, from so many hand. ghosts <laughs> just placing their hands on her shoulder could you imagine i'm seeing with my third eye man but i am curious no, I to know imagine that i am curious to know what the scar is a representative well, and it's definitely it a thing they highlighted that quick tangent here i was totally expecting expecting to see specs in this scene mm-hmm. at some point well she looks in the she, i think she looks in the mirror not even to look at herself to see if to he's see there if he's there and he's not and is that a combination of one burning the glasses at the end of t- two episodes ago do you remember that was the last thing that she did she is that her moving on and then two, her being herself and actually loving someone that she internally wants so, to love. I'm going to take my shot at this. Now that we're talking about it, I think we're going to get that actual scene between those two. I hope at least. But Which two? Specs and Danny. I hope we flash back at some point. As you said, she throws the glasses in and she looks the over glasses. Yes, the glasses burn and she says, looks like it's oh, just you and me now. And we don't get what happens right that after that the because that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yes. But I think this scene is confirmation that there was a resolution that came from the conversation that's between Specs and it. Danny. Yep, is that yes. there's there is resolution and because she turns away from the mirror and she smiles. She's yeah. like, fuck yeah, like I'm so over. Yes, I would not it. be satisfied to be honest if we didn't get something else. Like it was okay, symbolic to burn the glasses I think, and accept. I think Specs is coming back still. I, I really hope. So. I don't think he's out of it just yet. And that's what I was trying to highlight. They left it open ended to revisit that exact scene yes. and see how it played that's out. What I was to give to us a satisfying I'm sold. I want closure. that. I'm in. Yeah. And I hope they give it yeah. to us too because there wasn't really a satisfying closure to that. Mm-hmm. But as Danny is getting dressed, getting out of bed with Jamie. Well, Jamie's still asleep, but she's getting dressed and we see Flora out the window. Sleepwalking again. Sleepwalking again, yes. So Danny rushes out and kind of shakes Flora and Flora is frazzled as we've seen her do before. And she says, I think I was tucked away again. And immediately we get Flora's point of view and she sees Rebecca in her black dress who kind of moves in and taps her forehead again. Quick question. Did any of you guys notice that fucking floor? The reason she's so creepy at points when she's like in those little dazes is because her her pupils cover so much of her eyes <laughs> and she has really dark eyes. So it literally at points when she kind of squint a tiny bit, 
it looks like she's just all black, black eyes. eyes. Yep. And that's definitely, if you haven't noticed that yet, next time you see her, just be on the lookout I've, for I've that. I've never noticed that, but I think now I'm that's the, not That's what's see off that. about her because yeah. she's always bubbly, happy. You know, she's not like Miles, who looks like a Damien creepy, possessed motherfucker. Flora is, that's it. It's the eyes. But anyway. But I think at this moment, too, is when I'm really starting to feel bad and sorry for Flora and really enjoy her character to see where her role is in all of this How mm-hmm. she because she's the mediator so far between everybody between ghosts and living so far and so this time when Rebecca taps Flora's forehead though it's not sending her back into a memory it it literally is a possession because we get Flora dropping this whole tucked away in a memory thing and says oh I don't know what I was doing out here I kind of lost my way let's go back up to the manor and do normal things okay so then that's exactly what happens in the bathtub scene, right? When she just changes her whole vibe when saying, oh, miss, uh, you yes. should be wearing that. And then she's like, oh, it's fine. And then she just says, changes the subject completely. She's yeah. done that a couple times. Yep. But now that you're saying that, that's exactly what that is. Okay. I have a theory that whenever she says perfectly splendid, she's Miss Jessel because in episode... The Duh. First, oh, my God. Duh, yes. yeah. How did we not ever yes. figure that out? The first reveal... Oh my God. <laughs> I feel uh, so was that an obvious? No, no. Yes. I'm saying because I can't believe I didn't it was think of that. You, I, we didn't see it. Yeah. Chronologically speaking, the first time, 1985 wise, before where the events are currently taking place, the first time we hear someone say "perfectly splendid" is Miss Jessel. The first right. time she meets Flora. So, so I think I'm that's in. a thing. You sold me on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. But now that's making me start to think that I guess it is more similar to Miles than I thought. How she just does get physically we'll possessed. See. That's what I'm th- in this scene specifically, she totally gets physically possessed. So let's keep going. Right. Next, we're back to the office. Henry's secretary coming in. He gets heated and says, "I, I'm unavailable unless someone is hurt. Don't bother me with Bly Manor drama." Unless someone's hurt, mm-hmm. don't tell me about it. The assistant walks back out the door and then he starts saying, fine, get her back on the phone. And he opens the door trying to follow the secretary and get Danny back on the phone. But Time it's another move. flashback to Dominic splitting the partners of this law firm. I was looking forward to this scene ever since Dominic found Dominic's out. Got my, uh, he's got some, yeah, I, yeah. I like him a little bit. He's got a way with words, man. He really yeah. lets Henry know that he's not a brother. To him. He's taken all of his shit out of the office. Doesn't he say you're, you're allowed to keep your office? That's it. But I'm leaving. He says a lot of stuff. I don't know if you guys have the quotes, but it ends with now you only have yourself, your real self, and he's a shit-grinning fucking monster, isn't he? And he gets officially banished from the Bly Manor, from any contact with any of the family members. Yeah, I, I it's really, a banishment. I liked his rant. tangent rant, I guess, on him saying that it's going to be his daughter for all intents and purposes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, she's my daughter in every way that my, matters. When yeah. the first time some asshole breaks her heart, it's going to be me that's there for her. When she's walking down the aisle at her wedding, it's going to be me, not yeah. you. Well-written dialogue for yeah, sure. definitely. I wanted to point out, because Dominic specifically says he's a shit-grinning fucking monster, isn't he? He described Smiley, Smiley. Mm-hmm. before Smiley was, Smiley. was projected <laughs> by Henry. Yeah. Which actually is making me start to think it's a lot more similar to what Cheryl has going on in Hill House. It could be where it's not that he's a ghost, Mr. Smiley. And it's more just what what Cheryl had going on, where it was Mm -hmm. just a it was just memories that were fucking with him. Yeah, I'm with you. So is Mr. Smiley, you think, a same kind of entity as the Lady of the Lake and and, uh, Figment? 
You don't think so? You think it's just I think like, all the Flora, only, only Henry w- would is be Flora able gonna to be see able to see. Okay, that's Smiley, what I was gonna I ask. Think. I think Bly Manor is a haunted house and that only ghosts live there and that what he is experiencing here outside of Bly is Manor separate. is separate. So you don't I think Flora reason, would see no, I have I reason I to believe that Smiley might not be allowed in Bly Manor because he was trying we get to the scene, but Smiley tries very, 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 very hard to keep mm-hmm. Henry from going to Bly Manor. That can't be true. We're going to see Smiley in Bly Manor. I take that back. We'll find out. Yeah, we, we will, will find out. Okay, but is that all we have for this Dominic scene? Yeah, very good scene. Loved it. So the next scene that we get is Flora and Charlotte. Charlotte, this is a flashback. Charlotte is leaving. Obviously, Charlotte's still alive. Charlotte is leaving for a few weeks and Flora is upset. She wants to go with her. And Charlotte gives Flora a talisman to keep her safe while she's away. And Flora starts to come to and think, wait a second, I'm too old for this memory. This already happened. I'm tucked away again, aren't I? And then we flash to present day Flora, Mm -hmm. who goes downstairs and gets really upset at everybody, you know, Owen, Miss Gross, Danny for eating dinner. And she says, why are you guys all eating without me? And they say, well, you already had dinner. We gave you soup. You've already ate. And some of Owen's best work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she keeps questioning, saying things like, I don't like this game. Make it stop. And the phone rings. Danny answers. And this is the reveal that it's Henry, I think, here. Uh, Or did it all? Well, no, no, no. It's it's for sure, Henry. It's kind of hinted at before because they're they're talking about in this early in this episode it's kind of implied because i think we do see a couple phone i don't know actually i think this might actually be the reveal you're right this might be the the first time we have someone pick up the phone and it flashes to henry holding the line regardless yeah i guess it was danny that picked up the phone this time right yeah danny picks it up and she you know she answers saying it could be your uncle and it was their uncle but it didn't answer so she it it was actually the (laughs) uncle And then there's a knock on the door and this triggers another flashback. It's a flash to Henry and Charlotte and Charlotte is again leaving someone, but it is her apologizing to Henry for everything, saying, I should have told you that Flora was your kid. I should have done a lot of things differently. Uh, She reveals that Charlotte and Dominic are going to be taking a trip to India to renew their wedding vows or renew their honeymoon, whatever. But she did feel obligated to say goodbye because, you know, it's it's the end of a relationship. And she says, I'm going to try and make this marriage work for the kids for. But then proceeds to give a long smooch to Henry as she leaves Mm -hmm. the door. And Henry walks to follow her out. And it changes to present day with Smiley. And Smiley, man, he has a couple moments here where he just controls the scenes. Yeah. But just for the actor, that had to be so fun to do. Yeah. He just has to smile as hard as he can and just act evil as shit, just bringing on these memories. He is going to, the next memory that Smiley is going to bring up is the night that they met, meaning Smiley and Henry. And this is when the phone co- the phone starts ringing again, and he tells him, "You know, you have to answer that phone. We're going to live through this memory again." It's the British consulate in India, and they have terrible news. And Henry knows what's coming. Smiley knows what's coming. And yes, we know this what's is, coming. <laughs> this is reliving the night that Smiley came to be. I really wanted to know what the accident was. Yeah, so did I. I thought he was going to say it, but he he doesn't. Do we not? We don't know that. He's just we? in dis. I don't know why. I always he's just in disbelief. A, I always is, thought it was a plane accident, just like plane going down. Could be anything, but they well, they were already in India. Mm. Yeah, I think. So, do you think their death will be importance 
to the story? Do you think it's just they're just going to leave it as their dad? I, I think that's going to be it, but it, it could give us more, but I doubt it. Yeah, because there's only, there's only, what, three episodes after this, so... Yeah, and what Smiley says to Henry... That is a lot of episodes. <laughs> so what Smiley says to Henry is he knows that that wasn't the worst of it. The worst of it is having to call Bly Manor and Flora being the one that picks up saying, Flora residence, and having to tell his daughter that her perceived parents are dead now. And it's his fault, and he knows that on the inside. And he was egging him on to saying like and you're going to be the one to tell him like why they went on that trip mm-hmm. and that you're basically the reason they are dead layering on that guilt and yeah. i think we see henry react to smiley for the first time like freaking out as he should be yes because that was the first time he popped up physically in his life yeah. which was a good it was good acting by our boy here. yeah it was <laughs> okay so we get a flash to flora's room and it's danny and jamie are kind of hanging out outside there flora's sleep talking and danny invites jamie to stay the night with her but jamie declines and says you know there will be other nights which alludes me to think that there might not be other nights <laughs> i just hope she's just playing hard to get <laughs> yeah, i hope yeah, so too but- yeah i hope you gotta keep you gotta keep the passion there. Hundred percent. And I think that was a quick one. So we go back to Henry and Smiley, yes. They had that quick conversation about the psychologist and having to send Flora there and how Jamie, when she was younger, had her own psychologist and it really helped. So that's right. Danny's new plan. She was gonna take her to a doctor, but she's gonna yeah. consider that. But yes, it is Henry in his office mm-hmm. attempting to call Bly, but the phone's actually disconnected. Right. So there's no answer. And now he's kind of thinking something is actually going on there. Maybe I should go check it out. And good for Henry because he says, I'm going to Bly. And Smiley immediately says, no, don't do that. You're talking crazy. But he, he sticks to his guns. But he does say it's a three-hour drive and he's drunk as shit. So maybe yeah, Smiley's okay, a I good guy. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe Smiley's <laughs> maybe. just the angel on his shoulder. But question, is there anything that happened that we should know why the phone was disconnected? No, that's what I was going to ask you guys that question. Because I, don't know. Yeah, I'm not I sure. think maybe that the house is finally bringing it all together. You know, we have the final member of the Wingrave family coming in. So I think it's just setting up to just I think it's forcing everyone to Could meet be. at the house. There's yeah. nothing really to read into there if we don't have any other nothing. So then Flora wakes up to Figment moving the dolls again in the house in yeah. the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And when she tries to talk to him, because it seems like this is early in their quote unquote relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she's trying is, to she's this, trying to start a dialogue. This is the second time she has seen them because when Henry calls and says, have you seen the little boy again? She says no. So I right. think this is the second time she has seen him. And it's in the past. Yeah. And as soon as Flora gets out of bed to talk to him, he starts sprinting away and he sprints to the cellar. To the attic. I thought, but wasn't it? So I, thought I thought it was, it was, I the, thought attic. It was the attic. No, I'm, I'm, I actually have the scene up right now. She runs upstairs, so I'm cool. assuming it's the attic. But that doesn't, for some reason, I thought that where Figment was hiding was the same spot as when he shifts. Yeah. No. Okay, so it's just another random collection of dolls. So then, now my next question is, why didn't we see the other ghost that was that's been in the attic, the one that was laying on its side that was singing? All the way back in episode two. This do you remember? Is, do you know that one? This is years in the past, though. I so guess, maybe yeah. that has not existed in there. And as okay. we know, the ghosts move. Anyway, this seems when, so creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Flora following Henry's advice and trying to give him a story. And she takes off. It reminded me of the office scene where yeah, Dwight, Dwight cuts <laughs> out the face of the CPR doll and puts it. But she takes Which, a doll face and puts it on. 
let's take the creepiest Big face and just put it on this. Figment honestly looked less scary with a shaved face than she did with the mask in my mind. Mm-hmm. But this brings me to my next point because we also, B-Times, you pointed out in when we were dissecting, analyzing the dollhouse from episode one, there was the baby ghost. Yes. So that is this ghost. That Figment is represented by the big baby head that you saw, right? I think so, yes. That would be, be the closest doll that resembled Figment. Flora comes to the realization that she's in a memory again. Figment's kind of just, she's asking questions of Figment's like, I'm in, or I'm in a memory again. And once, Figment's kind of just nodding his head. I like that once they start to realize it themselves, the ghosts start to help them out and they say, Yes, you are. Because Figment was nodding along mm-hmm. as she was kind of putting it all together. And Flora's, and her mom did the same thing in the last time. Yeah. Flora is begging Miss Jessel to stop doing this to her and pushing her to the side as she wakes up yeah, from this. Which memory. causes her to wake up in the bed and she's calling out to Rebecca when she gets, when she right. comes to. And Rebecca is there this time in her black ghost outfit. She's very cross with her. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm very yeah, cross, I'm very cross with, with, you. with you. Rightfully so, too. She, Miss Jessel does not appear. She, she demands that she show herself. Flora's getting pissed, rightfully so. Of course. And right as Miss Jessel reveals herself to Flora. And as Flora's asking her, like, why are you doing this to me? She's about to give an answer. And then cue Danny opening the door. Danny opens the door and Danny can see Miss Jessel as well for the first time. So she is completely spooked. I love this acting by her. She was horrified and I was freaking out. I wasn't even nervous when the ghost was just there because I thought just Flora could see her. But the second Danny saw her, I got scared for some reason. When Miss Jessel is there, she can see her, but other people can't. But in this scene, if I'm being honest, I think think every scene she has been, been behind, standing behind the that's people. what i was gonna say maybe that is why but uh, if but that's also just, like that's, you said it, it earlier brian i think they have the ghosts have the option to show themselves to people other than the kids or not if it's, i agreed with you now i would be contradicting what i said earlier that it was an accident because miss jessel was showing herself to flora danny opened and if two humans are in the because she would have focused she would have made it so that even if danny opened the door flora would still have only been able to see her. Is that what you're trying to say? It's it's a Maybe, weird situation. I don't know. Yeah, but regardless, I think um, it's not clear cut. It's not yeah. clear cut. Danny's basically saying, "Flora, come here. We got to get away from this thing." And Flora's trying to tell her, like, yes. "No, she's actually." I don't know if she says trying to help, but she's like, "No, she's a good person." I guess. Yes, but Danny gets Flora out into the hallway, and Rebecca follows them. I guess so. The three of them are out in the hallway, and Peter is there, who looks up and sees Rebecca, oh, right, right, right. and he just says. This is awkward. Rebecca possesses Flora and uses her to run to the attic. Danny chases and Flora says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To which Miles comes up from behind and whacks Danny with just a blunt object. And God damn. I'm thinking Danny's dead. No, no, no. no. She's gonna, it's no. going to be her waking up coming. Okay, I'm not yeah. She's dead. But <laughs> I enough. do. I do want to pat myself on the back because I called something similar to this all the way back after listening to episode or watching episode one and two in our first podcast, I did think that there was, even before we knew Peter's name was Peter, we were at this point calling him Luke because that was his character in Hill House. And I just thought it was always on the table that because the possession was so obvious that quote unquote Luke, who was Peter, 
was possessing Miles. I thought there was always going to be a chance that Miss Jessel could be the one that was controlling Flora in some in some way and influencing her. And they were reconvening in the afterlife in that way. I didn't mm. get it in so many in like this exact context, but I'm just proud that there were some seeds planted early enough that part of this twist you could guess yeah well fuck man that was, that was two it. great episodes that was the biggest easily the biggest cliffhanger end yeah. of an episode where i need to watch the next one like now and i will yeah. <laughs> but i'm there. very excited yeah. three more episodes boys where I the think, fuck are we going i think five and six were the episodes that finally i was just like okay i'm really in on this show i've been enjoying it even the first four but episode five it definitely gets taken up a notch and yeah the mystery is still there there's still a lot of questions that need answering and i like luke said i'm probably going to go home and binge the next two yeah mm-hmm. i think we're gonna get a lot of answers obviously it's coming to the season finale in the next couple episodes cool like cool so we're going to continue our coverage of the haunting of Bly manor as it well it's already all released we're going to keep recording <laughs> We're having a lot of fun with these episodes. We're going to try and crank them out as fast as possible. So keep an eye out for them. As always, if you like what you heard, give Town TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Town TV. And thanks for listening. What a perfectly splendid episode. I love you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs>